Welcome to Design Much with Andy and Patrick. So how's it going, Patrick? Well, hello, Andy. <laughs> wow. <laughs> this is Patrick's grandmother, Mabel, filling in for Patrick today. <laughs> is this a Mrs. Doubtfire bit? <laughs> Damn it, you caught me too early, man. Oh, hold on, hold on. Let me get Patrick. Let me get him. Hey, get out of the way. Grandma, get off the chair. Okay. Hey, hey, Andy. How's Uh, it going? Patrick's back, everybody. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Mrs. Mabel Doubtfire was here before. (laughs) How's, How's your week been, Andy? It's been pretty good, Patrick. (laughs) well that's good i'm glad it's been pretty good yeah thanks i wish it was great i wish it was that it's been great but but we'll take pretty good okay well that's that's all you get for now but yeah yeah. (laughs) this this episode will make it a lot better yeah you think so i do depends on what the topic is i really liked last week's episode did you yeah i listened to it and i thought it was really good good (laughs) That's good feedback, Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know me. <laughs> I don't want to mince words here. I just want to, you know, hey, it was good. I recommend it for you. Thanks. If, if you were to give me an NPS survey on last last week's episode, I would give I would give it a nine. Wow, nice. I would be a promoter. Yep. That's great to hear. All the rest of them, I'm like in the eight. So I'm like, I'm indifferent. Well, where do you think we can improve, Patrick? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea. I'm hoping, I'm hoping, uh, I'm hoping grandma, my granny, granny Mabel will help out with this one. Oh, I hope so too. Yeah. She brings a, a nice yeah. personality to the episode, the podcast. <laughs> I really what appreciate is, uh, her. Yeah. You know she loves you, Andy. That's the thing. She she came all the way over here today. She's she's high risk, right? Mm-hmm. In our in our current pandemic, she just wanted to see your face. That's all she wanted. Yeah, well, I love her too. I think she's, she's a now. she's a lovable person, so I, I appreciate her for sure. Mm-hmm. That's great. Um. Yeah. What's our What's our topic? What's on the list? Uh, let's find out, Patrick. So it looks like our topic, <laughs> Patrick and Mrs. Mabel. Just waiting for you to stop. The drum roll. <laughs> <laughs> what if the drum roll just went for the whole episode? <laughs> just went on. That's a- <laughs> people like listening to drums, right? I mean, good drums. Not they do. Yeah, and I thought that was pretty good. I think that'd not be a, pens and fingers on desk type. It'd be a nice cliffhanger, I think. You know, just like end the just episode end the, and end the episode right there. <laughs> I gotta pay attention. I gotta stay tuned next week to see what that topic is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so this this week's topic, Patrick, um, comes from Steve Arntz. Ooh, Stevie boy. And this is an interesting topic. So Steve says, "I would love to hear about end-to-end experience design as companies grow." 
So the work required to make the entire experience a customer has interacting with your company from first marketing touch um, to every product interaction feel like it was designed by the same person. So how do you make the entire experience feel like it was designed by the same individual from start to finish? Yeah, I'm just listening to that topic. I'm worried about the title for the next episode here. Well, it's like a paragraph, it's right? It's going to be a long title, yeah. <laughs> um, end-to-end user experience design. Yeah, how do you make That's it feel like it's one, the same Andy. person? I think this is really hard to do. Um, so Maybe you hire the same person to do it all. Maybe. Uh, we'll, put that, we'll put that meme up with that guy. Uh, hire the same person to do it all. Uh, yeah, you just wear multiple hats across the whole experience, and yeah, that's it, right? Yeah, yeah, and that's it. Same, same person. Uh, you could, you could clone. You could, maybe you could clone somebody. Uh, so that they're that they're different people, but they're the exact same. Maybe hire twins or triplets. Maybe there's a set of quadruplets out there that are all designers, all UX designers. <laughs> <laughs> you know how they have like the property brothers? Maybe there's like somebody like that. Yeah. Maybe you yeah. need to hire a group of people like that. They're all exactly the same. They all think. Like property brothers for UX dress. design. Yeah, no, I like this. This is a, a pretty good way to go. Did you know the property brothers are tall? Did you um, know they're like really tall? I think I did know that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I just wanted to bring that up. Just make sure, just to clarify. <laughs> I didn't know they're tall. <laughs> um, how do you do that? Uh, you have to have you have a you have to have a synchronized everything to do that because user experience is not just up to the designer, right? It's mm-hmm. up to everyone in the office to build a cohesive user experience. So I think it starts with having um, some synchronicity, obviously, if that's a good word. <laughs> yeah. Uh, some synchronicity, some synergies between the um, between the marketing team and your product design team. Wait, wait, hold on, Patrick. What does synergy mean? I, I think it means synchronicity. Okay. <laughs> Is that what it means? I, have I no think idea. it means. Yeah, Andy. I think it means like you're on the same page. Does it? Yeah. Okay. You're on the same Andy page. Oh man. Okay. You're on the Pun same intended. Andy page. Nice. Well, that's but good to know. I think that's yeah. I think that's where it starts. Marketing and product. Um. So you have to be on the same page. Um. So. It almost sounds like all of the departments need to be on the same page, Patrick. And mm-hmm. I think on in different levels, right? Like it, it can't just be like the way the product looks and feels, um, yep. the way the marketing pages look and feel. But it's also like, um, what are the jobs we're solving for for our customers? Um, mm-hmm. What is the tone of, of how we, we talk? Um, yep. So basically it has to be like all the way through, this is the same um, experience, Right, like it's the same the same tone, I think across all of those avenues. Yeah, because you want it to feel you want it to feel like to, to Steve's point, you want it to feel like the user, your clients, your customers, are talking to the same person when they're using the application or when they're on the website or when they're calling customer support. Like you want it to feel like it's the same, the same person, right? Yeah. And so I think that's kind of the goal. I think that, that that is really, really difficult, though. And I don't know if I've ever, I don't know if I've ever worked at a company that's truly nailed it. Um, I think part of it just has to have part of it has to start with 
what are what are what's the what's the vision what's the principles what are our users do we all understand those does, does marketing does marketing and product align on the same design principles right mm-hmm. does marketing and product and you know customer support all align on the same communication principles like do we all have the same goals in mind um and and that and the hard the tricky part is because those mediums are different, right? Like your your marketing side is there to sell customers potential potential customers, right? So you the the vocabulary you use, the visual you visuals you use, are 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 going to be different than your application. Mm-hmm. And the way that you talk to somebody on a marketing website versus the way you talk to them in your product versus the way customer support talks to them when they call on them is going to be different. It's going to be you're going to talk to them in a different way because the context is different, but the goal or the approach um, should be the same. You know, treating them, treating treating them like human beings. That should go across all of them. You know, from marketing to product to customer support. You shouldn't treat them like, you know, robots or you know, just just people that are paying money or whatever. You know, you should treat them like humans that you care about. Like, I think that's where it starts. I think um, at Canopy, we're making a shift where I think we're more aligned now than we ever have been on that level hmm. from a design, from a visual standpoint, from an interaction standpoint, from all of that. And part of that has sparked on sparked from the fact that we've been sharing all the work that we're doing with everyone, right? So like we we started when we when we started the new UI redesign, we shared it with CS and marketing way early, like even prototypes and ideas way early so that they could start seeing what we were working on. And marketing did the same thing when they started doing the website, making improvements on the website, changing content. They started sharing it with the customer support and with us way early so that we could we could go, oh, that's cool that they're doing this. and they're doing... So I think it starts with communication, but I think it has to start with some form of like um, bigger, broader vision principles of how that's supposed to approach, right? Yeah. Oh, I like that a lot. And I like... I think it's really interesting how you guys are doing it at Canopy where you have to be very like outward facing. Every department has to be um, sharing what they're working on to be able to to make sure that we're all doing the same thing, right? So if marketing is early on sharing what they're doing with you, you can better work with them and collaborate with them in, in terms of alignment on how the, the, the experience is going from marketing into the product. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I really like how that's that's it sounds like that's going. You have to be very proactive. It sounds like in that sort of culture. Um, yeah. But I, I think that sounds pretty cool. Yeah, it's it's not it's not an easy thing to do by any means. I don't think. I don't think we're close to close to getting it correct. But mm-hmm. I think we're we're moving in the right direction. Where it feels we feel like we're cohesive now, right? We feel like we're all communicating on the same the same wavelength with our with our customers. And our users, um, and so I, I feel like it goes beyond just simple design, though. Like I think that's the hardest part. Is like, yeah, you can have a design system, you can have colors, you can have a logo, you can have a scheme, you can have all kinds of stuff. But I think it goes, I think it goes broader than that. Like to your point, that you talked about earlier, it goes how do you talk to these people? Um, how do you, you know, how do you approach people? How do you all that stuff goes in, involved in it? For and even how do you build stuff, right? Like. Mm-hmm from developers building things in a particular way um, that that can drastically change uh, the user experience as well. Yeah, definitely. No, this is really interesting. 
Um, some a point to this that he mentions in his uh, his question. Um, he says he would love to hear about how this how this works as companies grow. Um, so I think it what he's alluding to is that this can change as your company is in different stages of life of mm-hmm. a company. Um, so I guess we can kind of explore what that might look like. Um, but before we do that, I think one point I wanted to talk about is where I think this all kind of needs to start. Um, if we all have the same, you said like it all kind of needs to start with the same vision, um, like the same, like cohesiveness, the same, or uh, as you would say, Patrick synergy, right? Um, synergy. I think it kind of has to start with leadership. Like, I think you have to have like a company culture that is like, um, where leadership is very clearly defined what this company is, like who we serve, what we're about in terms of our culture and how we do it. Um, because then I think that is going to help feed to all of the, the teams, all the, all of the departments to help us understand what we need to work on. And then I think that's the, the very first starting point. So as we have like good leadership, that's going to help with this a lot. Um, mm-hmm. so I think that's kind of the biggest thing. I'm not saying like if, if, you know, two departments are not exactly aligned that it's necessarily leadership's problem, but it's possible that it could be. Um, so I think that's a, definitely a really good solid foundation to have in order to have a good end to end experience. Um, but kind of jumping back into like how, how this might change as companies grow. I think this is interesting. So like if you're working like at a really small startup, this might be um, a little bit easier to do. Um, you might be the only designer and you might be doing a lot of this stuff <laughs> already. Yeah. You, you will be marketing. You will be product. You will be UX. You will be all of it. Yeah, exactly. So um, it might start out um, really well. <laughs> Where you, you are designing all of this stuff. Um, everything looks... Um, very much the same because you have to maybe define like how your style is and then the the customer is able to see like the style that goes across all of these pieces um mm-hmm. so that might work really well um where you're gonna have some challenges is when the scales when you start hiring um, more people in these teams and they bring in new ideas um what's interesting is when you of course hire new designers they bring in um new ways of designing things things might look different and new habits that, that come into a company. And so things start to morph a little bit. And so maybe something would change in terms of the way the product works versus the way marketing is presenting the product. Um, so I guess at that point, it's kind of interesting, like how do you actually um, balance um, a design across, for example, marketing um, into the actual product design? Um, how have you worked with that Patrick in the past um <clears throat> I think they I think that's that's important to like when you're when you're in a startup and you're the only designer you you get to set the tone right for future generations mm-hmm. right future future people coming through and I think it's easy for a company to be like okay we're, we're a startup we can't afford a designer let's hire like some junior product designer out of college uh, that's never done marketing before, and then we'll we'll hire uh, contracted. You'll hire an agency to do a to do a logo for us. We'll hire another agency to do the website because they're cheaper. Um, you're not building a you're not building a cohesive 
foundation from the very beginning if you do stuff like that, you know, versus if you hired somebody kind of early on in your startup that had some more experience in doing those kinds of things. I'm not saying like a director, but maybe more of a senior designer to come in and have them flush that out. They, they can establish more of a foundation of that from the very beginning. And then when you bring new designers on and you bring new customer support reps and marketing designers and product designers and stuff, they can come in, they see it. They see that there's a platform here. They see there's a foundation over here and it becomes additive for additive for them versus let's just redesign everything and change everything around. Mm-hmm. Now that, that mentality always exists, right? Designers just have that mentality. Um, sometimes it's like they come in and be like, oh, I'm going to make it better and whatever, blah, blah, and they ruin everything. But uh, <laughs> that's true. Um, I think I think it does start with the startup phase. Um, if if you put thought into it initially, um, if you put thought into it initially, I, like a good example of this is a local company called Rivet. Um, they just started. They just started. I think they're a couple of years old now, but they started initially with some pretty, like they they wanted to nail down a lot of their foundational kind of design stuff from the very beginning. And so they brought in a really seasoned designer at the very beginning of that instead of hiring a bunch of contractors and stuff like that. And I think what they did, like you can still see that foundation even now, right? Even as they're growing and improving and hired more people, that foundation still exists in their product. And as they scale, I think it'll be, I think it's going to be easier for them to scale all of their products that way and mm-hmm. maintain some kind of, some kind of, uh, some kind of foundation that way as they, as they hire a bunch of people. Um, I think one problem with scaling bigger companies is when you get to a, like when you get to a level where you have, you have, you have a portfolio of products, right? Um, and I think that's where, that's where it gets really hard because then you have this like centralized marketing team that has to market to three or four different user bases and clients and different needs and stuff like that. And then I think that I think that's where it starts to break down really quickly is when you start introducing like, oh, we have this product for this user base. Now we have this new product for this user base. Now marketing team, like how do we how do we like they're different. The goals and everything are different that mm-hmm. way. So I think it's harder to stay uh, it's harder to stay aligned and synced up that way. Um, but I still think um, in bigger corporations, like if you look at like Intuit or you look at um, bigger corporations that have multiple products. Um, they've done a good, very good job maintaining that user experience language across everything. Right. Um, and I think, I think that goes back to your point of, of, of that, that has to go back to the leadership vision, right? If you don't have somebody in a leadership position that has that vision, then it's just not going to happen across all of those, all those products and platforms. Um, yeah, I think it, I think it starts foundationally, like establishing it early, before you even scale, right? Because mm-hmm. it's it's the old thing, like, well, we're gonna just start, and we're gonna go, right? The whole like lean, whatever, we're just gonna go, we're gonna get stuff done. But if you're not planning for the future a little bit, like, you, when you hit the critical mass of doing it, you're gonna put it off again, right? And it becomes it becomes more of a cultural shift, right? When you're in a startup, you're just moving fast and you're trying to get stuff done, but at some point you have to put the big boy pants on it eventually, right? And and kind of be more mature and be like, okay, we got to plan a little bit for the future. And I think every company does that. But companies, in my mind, that do that better from a UX standpoint or go through that phase 
um, are companies that paid attention to it in the startup phase, hmm. not the companies that waited until, you know, they raised a hundred million dollars and were like, okay, now we got to make sure we have good UX. You know, it's like, yeah. nope, it's not going to happen now. <laughs> so, and I also wonder if that speaks to their success as well. Like if, um, yes, starting with a good UX that scales in mind, um, is, is one that, um, is one that's like probably more solid for their users. Um, and you know, it's, it's something that is probably better starting off versus just throwing something at the wall and seeing if it sticks. Um, yeah. so I think that's also a good way to go in terms of, uh, getting started with your company, having, as you said, that good, solid foundation, um, that's going to also be a good, solid product to start with, not just, um, just the experience of the product. So, yeah. Well, anything, anything that you have to scale, you have to invest in at some point. Right. Mm -hmm. And so if you're not, if you're not investing in it early, then you're not going to, you're not going to get the same, the same outcome, you know? So I think, I think if you're, if you're a startup there and you're thinking, you know, you're thinking you can get away with a bunch of contracted people for a while, especially on the design side, I think, um, I think you're wrong. I think by the time you, you, you have your product and you're moving up market, um, and you haven't paid attention to that, it's going to be way harder for you to correct that if you didn't lay out the foundation initially. Yeah. Because now you have all these legacy products. Like we talked about uh, the other week, you have all these legacy products and you have all these legacy existing users, right? Mm -hmm. That you've already trained them to do a particular thing. And now you've got to redesign your whole entire thing and make them do something else. And so it causes a lot of issues. It causes a lot of problems. And it's not just redesign. It's also like rewrite in a lot of cases, yeah. which is extremely expensive. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, start out early <laughs> with a good, good user experience. Um, that's end to end. So yeah, I like that a lot. So take the time to invest in it, um, early, um, so it can last a lot longer. Yeah. I think too, from, I don't know anything about the marketing side of that really. I can't, I can't really speak to that. I don't think, I don't know if you, I don't know if you can, but like, if you're, if you're a marketing team, like the, the flip side of it is if you're a marketing team and you're trying to support, say, multiple products in a bigger corporation, like, like, is that where those principles are designed? Is that where they're created? Is that where they're like, does it start there or does it start more holistically with everyone or, you know, like, like, like who's responsible for that, that communication, you know? to those other teams and to those other products. Like, here's how we're going to approach this users. Like, here's what we discovered about our demographics. Now you guys go discover about the, what they want from a, you know, jobs to be done side of things. And let's combine those together and make a persona or make a, make a theme or define some principles that guide us. Like, I don't know. Does that start with marketing? Does that start with product design? Like, I don't know who that starts with in one of those, in in one of those bigger corporations, one of those, you know, multi-portfolio type, type products? I think that's a really great question. (laughs) Um, but like, I guess I can say like, I do like what you're doing in the sense that, um, you know, of course each of those two departments are going to own what they own. Like marketing is definitely going to be over that, that, that marketing, you know, design and the way that looks and feels, um, and products of course going to be over, you know, the actual user experience of the, you know, the product. Um, so I think, they, they, of course, have to own their pieces, but I think they have to try to work together um, to be able to make sure that they somewhat jive, <laughs> that they somewhat yeah. have synergy, Patrick. <laughs> um, and I think, like, again, like, I like what you're doing. So I'm not sure if it's like, 
if one person has to own that and you know mesh those two things together and make sure they're both doing the same thing or both teams just have to be proactive i'm not entirely sure how that works especially with the larger companies um, but again I, i'd like what you're doing at least in terms of just trying to make sure each team is sharing that stuff um, yeah and working on it uh, earlier on so that we can make sure it's right i know from some of the stuff i've read like from about spotify um, as an example they have a very cohesive user experience from sign up to be like using their application. Um, and so I've always been curious about that. Like how, how do they do that? The, the only the only answer that I've came up with um, reading some of their materials and it has just been more alignment. <laughs> and I know sometimes alignment is like a dirty word, right? Like people don't like to do it. It takes time, whatever, but like they don't really have a, a a traditional corporate hierarchy of, you know, this leader's in charge of the big vision of everything and everybody marches to that order. Mm-hmm. But so, so the way they do it is just, is just get together more often, right. And become a design team more often. So they do, <clears throat> they do weekly meetings. They do all kinds of things to create that alignment between them, even QA, even uh, their support teams and all that stuff. And, and they're, they're even across, you know, they're even across borders, right? They're not even in the same city, in the same state, in the same countries. So, like, to me, that would be an interesting thing to discover more is them and, like, a company like Shopify, where they have a cohesive brand, a cohesive unit, a cohesive user experience, a pretty deep design system. But how do they maintain all that across distance, uh, you know, split teams, all kinds of stuff. I, the only thing that I've ever read about is just that I hear from their leadership and their their people that you know post on Medium or whatever you know write blogs about it is just like more alignment between teams. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something we've we've tried to do at Canopy. You know, here is just having more alignment, um, but it's not something that's been very easy either. You know, like there's no there's no and and we're small. Yeah. We're a, we're a tiny company compared to them. So it's like if it's hard for us now, like <laughs> what happens, you know, when we grow or what happens like Workfront's a large company, like how do you, like how do you guys align on that stuff? Do you like do you guys align on that stuff? I can't speak to too much of that. Um I of course received um presentations from marketing on what what the brand is. Um mm-hmm. that was like when I started. Um so other than that, I haven't seen much else. Um, I mean, we have, of course, we, we do have a really good, um, you know, leadership team that is aligning us on, you know, our culture and what we're doing to help our customers, you know, with our products. Um, but in terms of like, like if I just talk solely on like visual design, um, I, I can't say that I have experienced much alignment with, with product and marketing. Um, and maybe that's something that, you know, the designers that are over our, that are over our design system have done more. Um, I'm, I'm not, you know, over the design system, so I can't exactly speak to that, but, um, I haven't personally seen a lot (laughs) of that here. So it's a good question. Well, that's, that's one thing I was just thinking about too, is, as you were talking, is like those design system teams. I know Workfront has that. I know. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of companies have a sort of DevOps team or a, a design ops team, right? 
somebody a team in itself kind of handles that i know spotify does that on some level they have a team that kind of handles most of that they have designers on that team developers on that team they have representation from different departments so that's probably another method of doing it right is to like have have one centralized unit that kind of takes care of that and then it because because i feel like workfront has a very good cohesive brand i, I think I, i've always thought they had a very like uh, I'm trying to use synergy again. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like they, they like, you don't go to their marketing site and then go into the product and be like, well, this is radically different. You know, it's like, yeah, this is two different companies. Like it feels like one pretty solid company. So, um, yeah. So I think there's probably many different ways. I think it starts foundationally. Um, and then as you scale, like, you know, having more alignments, probably one way to do it. You know, better communication between departments is probably one way to do it having a having a leader come in and be like this is the vision you know have one person do it or that kind of thing or or creating like a like a design ops team that handles your your design system that feels prob that feels more of what, like what I look at when I look at Shopify too right i think they have a pretty centralized design system that they all use yeah and so i think that would just naturally if you use those tools that's just what's going to happen right mm-hmm. you don't necessarily as a as a as an individual contributor designer on your part of the product you don't necessarily need to worry about it no absolutely i think i think a lot of this can also come from like um it always comes back to this of course but if you are let's say you are a designer that's over the design system um or you work on a team that works with the design system um or even like if you're just a, a designer, <laughs> I guess an individual contributor, I think it's important to look um, at what other teams are actually doing. So like, instead of you just coming up with all of the ideas and saying this, I'm drawing my line in the sand, here's how we're doing everything. <laughs> it's more like, um, you know, stealing and borrowing ideas and looking at other places because, you know, other teams have thought of things. Um, and so like taking that um, what they're doing and, and building upon that versus just starting from scratch and building your own thing just because you feel like doing it. Um, I think that also will help with this a lot. So if, if you kind of yeah. are, are less about, I want to start this design system from scratch or, you know, I want to design this new thing brand new, you you look at what's been done before and you build off of that. And that's going to keep that experience more cohesive. So I think that's something like that individual contributors can do in the first place Um, and we can take what we're doing and also share it with others as we've talked about before and getting their feedback um, seeing if if it does make sense with what they're doing um, to see how it can be improved to be more cohesive with what they're doing as well so i think yeah um, that kind of goes to say what it already kind of goes with collaboration but i kind of want to speak to that a little bit more specifically in terms of yeah you shouldn't just build your own thing just because you feel like it and because you want the opportunity yeah. to build your own thing, but you should build <laughs> off of what's... You should be a team player, man. Exactly. You should be a team player. <laughs> do you... do you, you know who the Beastie Boys are, right? Right, Andy? Beastie... Let me think. The uh, great Beastie Boys. <laughs> I do know who the Beastie Boys are, Patrick. <laughs> I was watching a video the other day. This totally reminds me of it. Uh, Ad Rock was on uh, Sway's radio show, right? All right. And they asked him a question about hip-hop and the difference between like MCs and rappers and all kinds of stuff. And he started, he as he was talking, he was coming up with this point, like, and I think this applies. He always liked that rap was about 
a 20 year old kid trying to reinvent everything every time. So like <laughs> rap artists, like, like inherently in rap. And, and this is, this is pretty true. I think the tradition in rap is you don't look at the legacy that happened in rap. Hmm. You just show up and you do your own thing and you listen to what's happening right now. Right. Yeah. And you just don't, you just don't, you don't give a shit about all the old stuff. You're just like looking at what's going on right now. And that's, that's a characteristic of rap that makes rap progressive. Right. It makes rap always changing like hip-hop's always changing and and evolving that way like constantly year in and year out yeah i can see that versus like rock and roll he brought up ad rock brings up rock and roll he's like if you if you're in a rock band you know how to play every led zeppelin song every who song <laughs> like you can play all those things right everybody in the everybody in your band knows how to play all those things mm-hmm. like that respect of all of that stuff that came before you is there and so you use it, you learn it, and then you, you try to elevate it, right? Yeah. But the evolution of that is a lot slower. <clears throat> I like that. I was trying to, I like that. I like what he was talking about, and I'm glad we can actually, I can actually apply the analogy. <laughs> but I think that's what you're kind of talking about is you don't want to come in and be, come into a company necessarily, like a work front or, you know, a big company and, and, and be a hip hop artist necessarily. Like you don't want to come in and, and disrespect everything that's going to happen that's happened at that company and just be like, we're starting over. We're going to be flashy. We're going to do this. What you want to do is be more like the rock and roll people and, and absorb it and, you know, learn about it and elevate it. Right. Yeah. Now it happens slower. I, I think I'm going to, I'm going to say it, Andy. I think that's the difference between agency design and in-house design. Oh yeah. (laughs) Agency design is 100% what ad rock was talking about with hip hop, right? Yeah. Is they come in and blow everything up and it's all about ro- what's happening right now in the present. Mm-hmm. They can respect the history, but they don't, they're not going to use it. Right. So it's all about what's going on right now. And, and, uh, in-house design is more like, okay, I gotta, I gotta learn what's going on. I gotta learn how to apply it. I gotta learn everything. It's more the rock band type mentality. Yeah. It makes sense, right? It's a, it's a wonderful analogy. Sweet. Now we got to cover for this next episode. <laughs> I'm going to put Ad Rock on the next episode. <laughs> no, that's awesome though. I love that. <laughs> did we solve it? Did we solve this for Steve? Or did we give him a clue, a direction, a hint? <sighs> yeah, I think so. I think we we did something. <laughs> I don't know if we had all the answers, but I think we had some. <laughs> yeah, we were close, right? Yeah. <laughs> Okay, Andy. Well, I got to go to my next meeting. All right, Patrick. Good luck with that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. See you, man. See ya. You want to know the best way to support the podcast? And I know you do because you made it to the end of this episode. That is share it. Share it with a coworker. Share it with a family member. Share it with a friend. Share it with whoever you want to. Share it with a construction worker. Share it with somebody. It doesn't matter. Just share it. Um, A couple more ways to support the podcast, though. Go buy a t-shirt over at designmuch.threadless.com and then wear it with pride. And then lastly, to support the podcast, we need your topics. Use hashtag designmuchtopics on social media or shoot us an email at topics at designmuch.org or just go to designmuch.org contact and fill out the form. 